This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. This is How Do You Do That with Emily Tresseter on Joy 94.9, the show answering the questions you didn't even know you had. This week's guest is the co-owner and operator of Gertrude Street Yoga, Jasper Marquez. We chat about the journey that led him to where he is today, the most surprising part about owning a yoga studio, and what he would tell someone who thought yoga was just glorified stretching. It brings everyone back to being human being ultimately and kind of I think that's the power of coming into a space to practice together is that you kind of hang all your roles and all your identities up with your bag and your shoes and you walk into the room and you're you're letting go of all that stuff and just taking a dip in what it's like to be essentially you without all that stuff. Jasper and his wife now own Gertrude Street Yoga, but I wanted to start by finding out how long Jasper has been practicing yoga himself. I'd say probably, well, I mean, I did a little bit of yoga when I was a kid with my parents, but I wouldn't say that I really found like a regular yoga practice until probably, I'm going to say when I was like 19 or 20, 17 years ago now. Um, I was working quite a stressful corporate job and it really just allowed me to you know, stay sane and feel like I was a human being whilst doing that. And then from there, my yeah, my journey was this kind of, What was that evolution? So you started in a corporate job, you looked at yoga as kind of a, I guess, a way to release, meditate, relax. Yeah, I'd I'd call it a coping mechanism for me anyway. I mean, you know, yoga is so many different things to so many different people. How did it go from that to thinking about it as a profession? I've been through quite an evolution, really. I think it really took a turn. I was living in Canada for a while back in 2012. I was doing a ski season there and I'd done one in Switzerland before that. And I was going to work as a skiing instructor. I had a friend and we were kind of planning this road trip through the US, sleeping in the back of the van. Anyway, I found out that the skiing instructors got paid such a tiny amount and they told me that if I worked there that I wasn't going to be able to go on this road trip that I wanted to go on because they wanted me to be available. And so I just decided, you know, I weighed up how much money I would make and I kind of weighed up the value of this road trip that I was doing with this friend and I thought you know what I'm just gonna bum around so anyway I ordered an unlimited pass to the local yoga studio in uh, in Revelstoke in BC Canada and yeah I just started practicing every day and you know got to know the yoga teachers there a little bit more and then one of them kind of referred me to an ashram in another part of Canada and also another one kind of referred me to this yoga teacher training that she had done years before. And so anyway, I just ended up basically going and living in an ashram in Canada for a month and then from there heading down to Mexico where I did a yoga teacher training there. And I mean, at the time, my plan was to just continue down into South America and keep traveling. But I met a girl there, uh, an American girl, and yeah, we, we ended up going back to California together and traveling around and backpacking through forests and whatnot. It was amazing. Yeah, anyway, now she's my wife and now we, we own the studio together. So it's kind of, <laughs> That's like the making I, of a movie. Yeah, it kind of is, isn't it? I yeah. Mean, it's, yeah, pretty romantic start to things. And I feel like for us, we're both part of our yoga journey together. You know, yoga is not just something that we do when we put our yoga mat out. 
it's it's really part of our lives. And I think that that helps as a foundation within a relationship because it is a way of, you know, it, it is a worldview. You know, it informs how we raise our child, it informs how we eat. Like we're both vegan, we, you know, believe in kindness and nonviolence. Here Jasper talks more about the shift from his previous work to where he is now. For a while I was kind of keeping a foot in both worlds. So for a while I was still working in the corporate world and trying to develop my yoga teaching, which was quite challenging for me because they're kind of quite different spaces. Eventually we got to a point where I was able to, to leave my, my corporate job and just, just be in the yoga world full time. Now you'll never look back, right? Yeah, I mean, I hope not. <laughs> I say never. But yeah, my intention is to keep, keep down this path for sure. So how long has Jasper been at Gertrude Street Yoga? So we took the business over in mid-2015. Hannah was actually teaching there at the time and the previous owners uh, had some family stuff going on and they basically just they wanted to be done with it and just be able to focus on what was going on in their lives. So had some health issues and things like that. And so they put it out to the teachers and Hannah and I had actually talked about moving back to the US and our goal was to set up a yoga studio there. And so Hannah told me and I was kind of like, wow, that sounds really interesting. You know, maybe maybe we should, you know, do it for a year or two and just, just see how it goes and then use that experience to, to set something up back in the US. And so, you know, we, we bought the business and took it over and, and we're still here. We, uh, we put down roots and, yeah, we're pretty fixed here now, I guess you could say. Yeah, it's kind of gone from initially planning to just use it as an experience to kind of see what it was like running a yoga studio to now it's like a huge part of our lives. It feels like it was almost serendipitous. You weren't really necessarily looking for Gertrude Street, but it was there. So you were like, let's give it a go. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And, you know, it it just really felt like, yeah, serendipitous is a great word to, to describe it. I feel like, you know, the studio really, it resonated so much with us already. Um, before we took it over and then you know it had a, a bit of a, a challenge at the start in terms of the you know the numbers and stuff like that the number of people coming but we were able to put some love in and, and nurture it and build it up from there and yeah we're really grateful for the experience we did we just say that we're really custodians of Gertrude Street Yoga it's been owned by several people in the past I mean it, I think it's I'm not sure if it's the longest running yoga studio in Melbourne, but it's definitely one of them. It was founded at least 20 years ago. So you mentioned that before Gertrude Street Yoga and before, I guess, your yoga journey really started, you were working corporate. Do you think that your previous experience outside of yoga and outside of owning Gertrude Street has informed what you do there? Has it helped you in any way? Yeah, look, I, I definitely say respect to some things it's helped, you know, in, in terms of you know, knowing how to look at a spreadsheet and how to plan <laughs> and, you know, all these things that uh, are not really what you think of when you think of yoga. Like a, a lot of people think, oh, you know, you own a yoga studio, that must be the most amazing thing ever. But it's also got its really mundane and boring parts of it as well. You know, there's the bookkeeping, the accounting, uh, the social media, the, all of these different things, that, you know, the cleaning the space. But, yeah, I mean, we, we try to bring the same kind of attitude that we, we bring to the practice of yoga itself and try and um, make those conscious activities as well. And, and your previous experience helped you with the business elements, I guess. Yeah, look, I, I'd say that they have in terms of a little bit more of a, I don't know, I guess the analytical type stuff that maybe typically some yoga teachers may not be as familiar with. Why do you think providing people with access to yoga and, and the other sort of well-being practices that you have at the studio is important? 
Yeah, look, that is a really, really important and pertinent question. I think in this day and age where we are experiencing more challenges with mental health, more stress, more anxiety, depression, yoga, you know, as it was for me and, and as it is for lots and lots of people, it allows us to cope. It allows us to connect with parts of ourselves that get pushed away in daily activity. Like there's so much stress and so much pressure put on us in our culture, whether it's think of a, a student, you know, studying for their high school exams or, you know, someone trying to manage the stress of a small business or, you know, whatever it might be. Yoga gives us an opportunity to come home to, to ourselves. And so providing a space and providing practices for people to do that, for me that is so rewarding because it's it's giving people capacity to regulate themselves and to find you know, that breath of fresh air or that, that capacity to breathe in their life that they feel like sometimes they can't. It's evident that it is quite important and poignant and useful so that people can, can get that relief and that release. Why is what you do important to you specifically, Jasper, personally? Yeah, for me, I think it comes back to my own experiences like you know, most things do for most people. And I know that for me, yoga has been a real tool of healing. You know, in the past, one of the things that I have struggled with, with, say, corporate work, for example, is just a feeling of what I'm putting my energy and my effort and my life force into on a daily basis doesn't contribute in any great positive sense to, you know, the good of the world or the well-being of others. But teaching something like a yoga class, you, you can clearly and directly see the impact of what you're doing. You can see people rush there to get up the stairs and like, oh, my God. The worst day, you might have a chat with them and, you know, talk them down a little bit from where they are and help them slow down a bit. And then they'll, they'll go and they'll lie on their yoga mat for a little while before a class. And even just that in itself, things will start to fall away for them. But then when you see them at the end of the class, it's like they are a different version of themselves. And, and to me, that is so meaningful to be able to be part of someone's, whether you call it healing or de-stressing or whatever you want. For me, it's really, really uh, meaningful to be part of that person's journey to looking after themselves. Absolutely. And I guess when you were pre-owning Gertrude Street, when you were thinking and considering potentially opening something in the US, it was Mm. to engage with and be able to do that on a daily basis. That's the reason that you wanted to get into it. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And I, you know, I think it really came as well, this, this desire to, to help people in the world just came back to my own experiences and my, my own relationships and what I've valued in terms of teachers that I've had in my life in the past, things that I've learned from them. Paying it forward. Exactly, yes. Has there been a moment or specific moments that really validate what you do? Yeah, I, I, think, it, I think it comes at the end of every class where, where I can just have a connection with someone and just see see how they're, how they're doing after being in the space and after spending some time doing yoga practice. Is there anything that since taking over Gertrude Street you were surprised by? When you, you know, six years ago thought, okay, we're potentially going to open up our own yoga studio, mm. was there anything that's happened since then that you're like, wow, I didn't anticipate that to be a part of my life now? Or I think one of the biggest things for me is just the – the gateway into different people's lives. And what I mean by that is, you know, when you're teaching yoga or when you're on the front desk of a yoga studio, you get so many different types of people that come across the desk. 
and let's share little snippets of their lives. And so for me, I feel like it's it's kind of broadened my paradigm in terms of just an understanding of how many different different roles or jobs or ways of being there are in the world. And I can relate this back to previously when I worked in a corporate environment. You know, I, I feel like you get much more of the same kind of person in that in that world. Whereas teaching a yoga class, one of the people in there might be an artist, the other one might be a commercial real estate agent, the other one might be some sort of, I don't know, works for the government, whatever, whatever it might be. But you just get this window into this breadth of different possibilities of how to live your life. And also I think just probably because of the context, people as they come into a yoga environment typically a little bit more open. So you probably just hear a little bit more of what people's authentic lives are like. It's incredibly evident when speaking to Jasper that there are so many wonderful things about what he does. But it wouldn't be an episode of How Do You Do That if I didn't ask, what's the worst part about what Jasper does? Yeah, look, I'd, I'd say that, yeah, it'd have to be the admin. You know, things like bookkeeping and, you know, e- emails I quite enjoy, like corresponding with yoga students. I, re- I really enjoy doing that. But, yeah, it's kind of the, the behind-the-scenes admin cleaning. <laughs> things like that. It's time for us to find out the question that I've been advertising this whole time. There are a lot of people in the world that would say that yoga is just glorified stretching. What would you tell those people? You you could say that yoga is glorified stretching, but I would just add something onto it. I'd say it's glorified stretching with awareness. But you know, yoga doesn't have to be just movement. There are there are so many facets of yoga. There's different types of yoga. You know, there's bhakti yoga, there's karma yoga, there's all these different different paths of yoga. And and the idea with this is that different people will resonate with different things. But for me, the thing that makes yoga yoga is the awareness part of it. So it's it's about doing something consciously and inviting in intention to what you do. That's what differentiates yoga from just stretching. That's the glorified part of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's exactly. what makes it yoga. Yeah. You could remove the awareness part and just go do some some rapid movement down at the F45 or, you know, CrossFit studio or whatever it might be. And I, I feel like you would you would get the physical benefit out of it, but you may not get the deeper effects of transformation on a on a non-physical level. What would you tell someone who was thinking about getting into yoga? I'd say give it a try, but go easy on yourself, you know. Try and try and let go of too many expectations as you start to walk down the path. And what would you tell someone who was thinking about about, about potentially starting their own business and sort of taking a leap like you did with Gertrude Street? Yeah, I would definitely encourage them to do it. I would also say that, you know, the yoga market is also pretty saturated now. You know, there's yoga studios in every corner almost these days. But yeah, probably just encourage them to think about think about what it is that they want to offer and why and just really explore it before doing it. If it's not yoga, think about whether there is space for it. Yeah, or even or even where it's coming from. Are they coming from a place of, you know, being what they might visualize as an easy business to set up, or is it coming from a place of, you know, wanting to wanting to share something that they've got to share with the world. Do you think that you'll be at Gertrude Street forever? Is this your forever thing now, do you think? Oh, look, I, I don't know, really. I'd say for the foreseeable future, but you never know what the future brings and what direction life takes you. As I get older, I like the idea of living out of the city, maybe living somewhere a little bit more rural. Probably not super rural, but 
somewhere a bit more quiet. So, yeah, I mean, I don't have any plans around it, but it's an idea that's starting to evolve for me. But certainly yoga will be part of your life forever. Yeah, I, I feel like, yeah, I feel like it's a pretty foundational part of, yeah, my paradigm and, and also Hannah and my relationship. So it's something that we connect with each other over as well. So it's kind of, it's self-enforced in that way, if you will. Before I let Jasper go, we chatted about how Gertrude Street Yoga has pivoted due to COVID restrictions. Classes in their lovely studios aren't available right now, but they do have a bunch of awesome classes online and live-streamed classes to check out. Yeah, and we've also just done a seven-day grounding series. So different practices from different people on different days and just seven days of, you know, different tools to bring yourself back down to earth if you're feeling a little bit scattered or struggling. So I definitely recommend checking it out. If you'd like to check out that series and get more info about Gertrude Street Yoga, you can head to gertrudestreetyoga.com.au. I'd like to extend a huge thank you to Jasper Marquez for being on the show. I found it super interesting to learn about the different level of connections that he's found running the studio and how his serendipitous journey got him to where he is today. I would also like to extend a huge thank you for listening. I so appreciate you taking the time to listen to How Do You Do That each and every week. After all, I make this show for you. If you enjoy this show, I would be so grateful if you could head to Apple Podcasts and give it a five-star review or tell some people you know and you love about it so they can become a weekly listener too. Thanks for listening to another episode of How Do You Do That with Emily Tresseter. If you think you or someone you know would make a great guest on the show, get in touch. Email howdoyoudothat at joy.org.au. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.